0: Everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny.
1: Welcome along to episode 8 of the 7th season of LOI Central. Today's show uh, is going to be uh, quite a special show. Colin Hawkins, League of Ireland legend, is on the show today um, to discuss what's going on in his life. And uh, Colin will be there after we do all the regular stuff. The mailbag, sponsored by Collar and & Cuff, and dissect what went uh, on over the weekend. It was a really, really... Um, thought-provoking weekend of the League of Ireland front. A lot of it to do with referees, but a lot more going on uh, than that. Dan and I were at different games as well, so might have a couple of different perspectives. Loads of uh, people getting in touch on the mailbag about uh, various issues, which we will get to. As ever, we are in association with uh, Rascals Brewing in Inchicore. Tickets now on sale for the happy... Days beer and food festival on this coming Maybank holiday weekend, supporting Irish food and drink producers. Search Rascals Brewing on event. Bright, we've been. We've got, into-
0: we might be. We might go to that. will We yeah. We might go along.
1: To that. Actually, we got a, an interaction in Dan from one of the winners of the um, Timmy Birchell. Timmy Birchell says he's been planning to go
0: to Rascals. So he won stra- last week's. Yeah, he won last and, week's. And we
1: didn't mention the winner was actually the the winning answer was Sander Puri. The first Estonian, yeah. Yeah. Most people got it right. We're also in association with future ticketing. So there have been a few ticketing related issues, related issues. Who would have thought this every week now on about uh, games being sold out and so on and so forth. So uh, future ticketing obviously um, are our sponsor also and collar and cuff go to Decky and Glass Nevin for a free shirt and tie with your suit. Dan um was this uh, a seismic weekend in terms of the league and i don't want to overplay it but rovers, overplay it johnny overplay i'm gonna overplay it. uh rovers have gotten going and i'm still not sure about that robbie Binson uh red card which wasn't rescinded on appeal
0: no well i mean you were at the game i don't know if i was at the game uh, i don't know if you saw the uh there was a, a red card in the women's primary division um which was jb's there, there is now like a question mark over what you need to do to get a red card rescinded you know, I'm not saying the bench one. I think, I think, to be honest, I think people chatting to people in the dock on Friday, they probably knew it wasn't, uh, they knew it was a long shot, right? I think, mm. I think, and, it, and it's a bit like VAR in a way that, like, when it's the, the degree of subjectiveness about it, um, it, it's, I don't know, are the, are is the appeal process going to do something that makes the referee look particularly bad? I think it's, I think mm. you might see a red-carver synod if it's like a, you know someone gets done for a professional fail and, and it's clear that there's people covering or or a mistaken identity which sort of you know in theory should have been you know was in place um it was sort of there already um although the automatic suspension always existed for everyone um like but but when it comes to something like a, was that a red card tackle I'm not sure like and a part part of it as well as you' you're working off one angle a lot of the time too. Um, yeah And the Benson one I I was sort of My initial instinct was That's harsh Then I watch it back And I go No I can see why the referee Was left with that decision To make Then you slow it Slow it Slow it down And you think Well okay Lee Grace's foot was raised too I mean Stephen Bradley Seemingly told Stephen O'Donnell It wasn't a red card His quotes were a little bit more um, In relation to Benson and Benson, oh yeah like He I mean, he told Stephen O'Donnell It was a terrible decision In the words of Stephen O'Donnell With us uh, with in terms of the press it chose his words slightly carefully But did sort of say these things Even themselves out So left the impression he thought Yeah, maybe he was a, li- a little bit On the harsh side But I suppose there are red cards that are harsh that I feel won't be overturned, you know, if it was... If the, you can make a case for it, like... Yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's the thing, like, I think, it, is it going to be a case where, uh, and people might might reference, to the Paddy Barrett one, but second yellow, you can't appeal, even yeah. if it's a, two yellows, you can't appeal, so even if it's a blatantly, you know, blatant mistake... Um, was it? For a second yellow. The Barrett one, I just, I don't th- believe that it's a yellow card, offence, myself, Um and there's obviously going to be different opinions around that. Um, but to me, it it wouldn't be a now. Again, I'm sure referees might hear us, the likes of us, talking sometimes and say, well, they don't know the the rule book inside out, mm. and the technicalities of what constitutes an offence and so on. But um, I guess you know <laughs> maybe it's wrong. Like, but sometimes with the second yellow, you have that sense of jeopardy. It's like, oh, he's like the league race one draw that, right? That was an absolute blatant. Red card, second yellow. Mm. And you give someone on a yellow who's dived in and done something, and you're like, well, what are you doing? You know, and... um, the, the that wasn't the case with Paddy Barrett, obviously No, that wasn't the case with, with Paddy Barrett. And it just to me it just felt a little bit um
1: Rovers fan getting in touch to say mcgonigal has gone down very easily a lot, um, which was an interesting take taking it because this,
0: uh is this one of your Rover's mates. I, yeah, I I, 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 did, I can't
1: say I necessarily notice from mcgonigal but you have a situation where mcgonigal goes down, like as if he is quite hit, so either McGonigal is faking it or it's a foul, and if it's a foul it's a yellow card, if not a red card. Mm. I don't know, though. I mean, I, I, it's one of those. I think, but both decisions, Benson and Barrett, I think you could make the case for both. I, I really think you could. And yeah, I, I think with I think, all the flurry we felt about refereeing this weekend, though, you're like, well, the two big, really controversial decisions are debatable.
0: Yeah, they are debatable. But I suppose Stephen O'Donnell's argument was, um, and this is, I suppose, and, and this is the this is the the, the thing about um, refereeing, and, and like, there's a sense of okay, there's a tactical application of law. Maybe they just have to live by that. Purely like, did both of them feel like a red card offence in the in the or you know was it a sense that okay this is a big decision that needs to be made now I'm sure refs have to look at things completely differently you have to str- naturally have to strip the emotion from it or should strip the emotion from it and not just that it needs to be a sense of oh oh like he's 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 in trouble there around every big red card offence but like you know the Doc Rovers game was a non-event after it. You know, the shells derby game certainly lost oh, something. Oh no, lost. it totally changed the game. And you're you're sort of looking at it going, and you know, in this like, the, like I referenced it at the weekend, like the Man City Liverpool game at the weekend. Now it's clear statistically, it's shown the Premier League has far fewer yellow cards mm. than the League of Ireland. Why is that? Is it, I mean, in fact, that's a played at a much higher tempo higher speed, more on the edge. The Man City-Liverpool game at the weekend, there was two yellow cards in the first half. There was several ones which I think in the league here would have been yellow cards. And the referee was commented on in the commentary, was maybe letting it flow a bit more. There's no culture here, really, it seems, in a lot of games, of just letting things go and letting things flow. Uh, the World Cup was like the referee and was a talking point for that. And here it just seems overly judicious. And I, mean, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago and I, I people get onto me from the refereeing fraternity very well involved in it who agreed who agreed that there's too much pressure in some ways on on refs to to hand out yellows in case they um you know their their call afterwards saying well technically that is a yellow card offense you should have punished it and like uh, i mean if you have two games at the weekend that we're both um, we're reviewing the weekend and we're saying that two games at the weekend were affected by decisions which you say are debatable and see one version of debatable is well, it could have been a card. That's true. The other version is that it isn't, and the games would have been better without them. Um, and look, I, 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 to me, sometimes as a discussion topic, it's it's hard, it's hard going, you know, because it's a little bit like we've met this. It's a tough job. There's a dirt of referees in the country, I think they're at the underage levels, they're trying to promote people quickly because of that shortage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have some comments in the mailbag, but let's go back to it. I suppose what we should talk about in the context of the week, though, like again, it's a shame to go into that mode, but naturally, they affected games. Like, we have a, a huge week coming up here, like, we have a, a double header around the games. We've got Bowes flying along, big win uh, in Sligo, in Sligo, the place, Um, and they they now have the derby on Friday. And they have dairy away on Monday, um, and you know the games on TV this week. You know, maybe we're getting a little bit too excited about that, but um, it's you know a properly big week, and you're obviously just hoping that like it's the the football contest that we're uh, that we're reviewing afterwards, you know. And you know, big takeaways from the week for you? Well, well not not, not j- physical food takeaways. Probably had a couple of nice takeaways. No,
1: no, no. Actually, managed to avoid that. Dan,
0: we got a question in the mailbag about coleslaws i mean yeah, yeah that's a
1: kind of a curry thing I, I like i i, I used to date a girl from kerry and they'd always put coleslaw with their curry chips and with their dinner i am actually i'm a little bit on the fence now i like i like coleslaw and curry chips just should not work but it, it actually does so,
0: uh, that's that's does. odd. i think coleslaw to me is it's, it's freshness is key
1: uh, it is absolutely yeah, and the crap you get from you know the daily counter wouldn't wouldn't be quite up there. But it, yeah. it, it was. In- I don't really know what the context of it was, but um, it was a good, question. To get to, good to get the import to the bottom of these issues. Uh, the, but yeah, to get stuck the, into the, bows the, and rovers, the, though. The, the, the dairy, uh, the dairy crew uh, at the ground in front of me was like Michael Duffy wasn't there, but you had Connolly, Dummigan, uh, Adam O'Reilly, and. One other player as well, who who I can't remember the one, but the strength and depth of the players that are out at the moment. Conley, um, I'm told, is making good recovery as well, and he apparently he was spotted like jumping over one of the seats in, the, in that really tight talca section. He looked quite agile. Well, it, was, it was calm He, was he must me. be. Ne- he must be nearly back. Like I mean, like uh, uh, facilities
0: are a problem. If
1: players <laughs> getting injured while watching games. But, uh, um, but it Reynolds. is. It is. Uh, Alan Reynolds, Alan Reynolds, Reynolds as about. well, and uh, I I think it was probably an emotional off night for Derry. This is uh, because Alan Reynolds. Um, again anecdotally Alan Reynolds has been a bit of a rock for Rory Higgins during an extremely tough time in his life he's been able to take over the the mantle for some of the time that Rory would have needed off um, anyone who knows Rennie will know that he's that type of character that you you know he's you can see why managers want him there not only for his football ability but because he kind of puts you in good form puts a smile on your face um, and this would be difficult for Derry and I think this was a big win Dan I thought they they were lucky with the sending off to an extent but um, they were very, very good in the first half. Really, really good at times. Again, and I, I don't want to labour the point here, but it's a good point. Like this is three or four Fridays in a row now where I've gone back from the game I was at and put on a game either on on um kind of Sky uh plus or on Loi TV, and just it's just so watchable. Like they're really, really good. Patrick McLenny again on Friday. I'm just, he's the best player in the league at the moment. I, for me, he's just he, to have him have this run of games where he's literally number six. He's running the show. Um, I thought he was absolutely outstanding, and really enjoyed the game. It was ruined by the red card. I'm not blaming the referee for that, but it was ruined by the yeah, red card.
0: So that, that's that's the lingering frustration. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the Rovers' last goal then, going, and you're
1: like, these lads, these lads. I know it was against ten men, but they're getting going. Like,
0: yeah, they were like they were good. Like, I just, the disappointment with Dundalk, I felt it was building up into a really good contest. You know, I think even it was 10 ten fifty minutes after half time against ten, where Dundalk playing down to their, their favourite end and Tullock and the John and, Martin chance. Yeah, you know, big like chance. Yeah, and, and like who been injured again? And the like Dundalk fear would be that who been injury again coincided with the form going off a cliff. But like, the Rovers had started well. Like the first goal, Gary O'Neill was. Shattered with an interception, um okay, you know, Gaffney spins away to the back post. But there was like Oriel a place that often they find it hard to get into any kind of rhythm. But mm-hmm. they played Kenny and Gaffney together as well and they had a better understanding. Bradley spoke about that afterwards. Um but I, I still feel at one nil the, the game was on. I know rovers were probably would say they were would say they were on top, but the doc like a couple of games, I mean they were one 0 then against Shells, they had a big strong second half and I actually think that's quite a decent they have got some decent players, like I think they'll probably be okay. Um, but it just yeah, it killed them. And in fairness, Rovers having been the the man down holding on in games to be one up yeah. one up ahead and so like obviously the other team has to come out and play um and take risks and like Rovers just had the, the skills to do it. So um yeah, it was it was big for them because I suppose it had the potential to be a very stressful night for them at this point in the report. And then they were taking subs, making subs because they were fine. Um so yeah, and full steam ahead. I mean, the Bows won on Saturday. Um I didn't see all of this game. Didn't seem like a classic by any stretch, but again, like they've sort of scraped scraped it out. Not a game you think they would have won last season, and they're what, like eighteen points? Like they're they're ticking along, you know. And I think actually in the context of the weekend, I'm sure Sean was come off the pitch. Big win. And you see Derry have won. And I think like, I think Shells are good. I do. I do think Shells and I think it's gonna be the the hard place to go and win this year. And the fact that Derry, you know, they dropped points against Sligo Rovers, but they've gone to Talka and they've won. And they've just like, you know, Rovers great. It's great to get them winning, but they haven't actually closed the gap to, to Derry. And by extension, I suppose, to Bose. So I, I um, love
1: going to and uh, um, I just, for various reasons, nostalgia and all that. Also because it, sometimes you have to pinch yourself that this is actually Damien Duff managing the League of Ireland team. And the whole story is, uh, you know, it's, it's week to week. I, I, I know they get a lot of criticism, but jeez, Malloy's a good player, Dan. And I, I'm only beginning, you've been on about him for a while. Malloy, a Oh, good he's player. very good. And he Jack Moylan's so skill. He can play yeah. in so many positions. And you yeah. can just see him, I'd say he's the type of player Duff loves. Jack in skill for what should have been the goal that your fellow RD man Keen um, Levy Keen Levy just one of these things Moylan probably should pass to him the first Moylan's skill I swear like maybe he's not going to do Conley there but I, I think Moylan's a type of player if Moylan was playing in a really good side I think you'd, you'd see this lad has serious ability like serious ability and I know he's been in and out of games but there was so much quality then and was ruined by the card. yeah guy. no,
0: there's, there's, <laughs> so. a, there's one or two clubs who probably regret maybe not going for Malloy last year when Shell's got him but let's, let's move on to the mailbag it's time for the all-new silk hand stitch collar and cuff mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young.
1: Yeah, and we've had uh, some comments in about the mailbag jingle as well, Dan. So it's been all happening. We've had a very busy mailbag this week, actually. Yeah,
0: listen, see, the thing is, right, people just sometimes are resistant to change, but I like the jingle. I, you know, I was where are
1: you politically are you conservative or sort of more on the left actually resistant to change um,
0: I, I wouldn't be conservative Johnny no
1: I think I was thinking of this lately like I'm I know we've had a lot of controversy about various people uh, you know Enoch Burke and all these characters but I'm actually a little bit socially conservative but I'm liberal if, if that makes sense
0: well uh, sometimes as you get older they say yeah. you get a little bit more um, you know you get more financially conservative <laughs> <laughs> you're looking after yourself <laughs> Enoch Burke yeah I mean Enoch Burke bit really of a character Probably should be working freelance in League of Ireland. He's definitely, he definitely should be. But is i a lift to he the game, should like? be, he should be waiting around to interview managers in the first division. Can you imagine longer after a bad result? Like, and
1: <laughs>
0: like the first for They're waiting. For, definitely, oh, yeah. Like, I've, I've met John O'Malley
1: char- bring I've, back the mailbag jingles. I've
0: met some characters on the freelance feed. Enoch wouldn't even stand out. Um, co- co- just be like, boy. oh Jesus, I think he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Cottle Scott. First round of the FA Cup this weekend, and I guess the vast majority of people don't know it's on. Johnny, did you know it was no, on? No, no, go.
1: it got me um, in one.
0: Is this not the Premier Cup competition in the country? I knew because I got an email about it, I'm on the FA yeah. list, and I'd seen it. But uh, surely we have to serve these clubs better, especially if we're looking for rural teams to see value in this league. It's a good point. Yeah, um, And it's it's the thing, like, you want there to be a sense of occasion around the FA Cup for all of those, I say, non-league teams junior intermediate teams in Irish context but again sometimes like the time of the year and it's all a bit all over the place although obviously this time of year is actually okay um but yeah it's a good point Cotley probably get the mailbag Voucher for that cuz it did actually make us think about something that we should be uh, conscious to We're pa- in the
1: context of last year as well where there was just batterings and batterings yeah. for the now uh- it's a good point though, and like well, somebody was lamenting the fact is that the, the striker in the hurl they don't have the kind of scores anymore. It's not that easy to yeah, stay in touch with. Yeah, junior football coverage is
0: definitely being affected, affected a, by the sort of the, the cutbacks and the
1: because you have very good players playing like in junior football. Very very good players, were definitely League of Ireland standard, but yeah, I, it is a good point. I, and I have to say, you caught me in one I didn't know. Yeah,
0: well, no, that's, it's a fair point. Um, Pat Ray, what's Johnny's feelings on John Caulfield now? Very critical of him towards the end of last season. I think he deserved a bit more respect considering what he's done in the L. O. I. As both a player and manager.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say uh, like I wouldn't say I was wrong in my criticism last season, and I did say this year. Actually, I did tip us to win the league um, because I looked at our signings, and I think Ollie Horgan and the Ollie Horgan, John Caulfield dynamic shouldn't work, but maybe it is working. Just what? an incredible unbeaten run from Galway United. A big game in Wexford at the weekend. The problem for Galway United now is Keith Long and and
0: uh, Alan Reynolds. I was just going to say to you, like, what about imagine a imagine like the dinner party for four, the four with the four lads: right, with Caulfield, Horgan, Long, and Reynolds. Don't think Rennie and JC if you, were if you they walk, left in great terms. If, yeah, if you walked in, like, who'd be sitting next to who, and who would you put over a chair next to?
1: Um. Ollie probably be doing a lot of the talking, I'd say. Anyway, um, longer be sort of feeling them out, and Rennie and JC, that, that's a hard one to call now. Uh, Rennie
0: Rennie be doing, Rennie
1: get talking, <laughs> yeah. Let's
0: see if we can set that up at some stage. Um, but, but no, Gall- I,
1: I, I, it's early days, but uh, like yeah. really good starts the season, and just the players who signed, that Brendan Clark, for example, as a statement of intent, really good back backline, and the strikers have only are only started to get going. Jack, yeah. yeah.
0: Jack Odinson doing wine job here. Do Gall- bring anything to the Premier Division? Not promoted yet, Jack. Well, other, than, other than being a safety blanket for the drugs well <laughs>
1: UCD uh, Dodge was on after the game on Friday saying this is an incredibly bad UCD side right now th- that is the problem in the Premier Division the season that there's, it looks uh, an absolute ready up at this stage who's going to finish bottom but w- once UCD come out then um, what does that mean for everyone else the one thing I will say about Galway is that everyone will want to go to Galway next season like everyone wants that away trip it's the away trip that everyone wants and yeah. it's the problem that Galway Knight have the seasons that there aren't many away
0: fans yeah that's true um, yeah I mean, the thing about yesterday, I would say, like, they were gutted a bit. You'll, you'll often find with the time they spend to play and good coaching, they might get a little bit better across oh, the Oh, they year. will, yeah. They're yeah. probably less likely to be pillaged in the summer than other yeah. years, but it's it's true. They look look to be beyond them. Apparently, they ask them at the League Cup. I keep getting, we keep getting questions with the League Cup. I don't have any answers on it, to be honest. Um, But as, as said, I said, I think, you know, as it is, we need to stretch out a fixture season, you know, our fixture length of uh, the length of competitive fixtures a bit more. I mean, Said it's something for bank holidays maybe Or something But there actually is bank holiday games This year which is sensible Thomas Tormey was in touch I have to say I thought it was slightly worrying Not to mention odd, A little bit off topic But not quite That neither of the Scotland games Made the top 50 programmes last year When a dozen football internationals did And um, doesn't football international involving other countries did sorry this would be the world cup though to be yeah. fair and yeah he's making that point yeah i mean i don't know and um, the top 50 shows um, there was a, a debate on social media last week about how those the the, the ratings are actually calculated it's like it's across 1100 homes or something uh, i think someone was pointing out that like when you have half the country don't have a, a League of Ireland team, and then naturally, to get a TV ratings, you have to have a perfect geographical yeah. spread. And they kind of wonder are you well served by? Uh, I'm not claiming that there's, there's thousands more people watching it than is the reality, um, because I'm sure engagement would tell a story, but uh, it is free for thought. I wouldn't be that worried. I think when the football team has any. A sustained one of results I think it will yeah. jump up those charts and sometimes people watch it on sky as well um which wouldn't be the case although I know it's premier sports now and um, but still I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too worried but it's it's you know it's it's a valid talking point um maybe there are large swades of society who aren't really affected who are disinterested in football now but I don't know I feel maybe we're in an echo chamber we can't comment um and the Uh, let me see Tom Kennedy Dan made the point last week that January is pretty much dead month for League of Ireland wondering where Irish clubs don't try and get other summer league clubs over for friendlies with clubs like Rosenberg HDK and Malbo available it seems like a great opportunity good question Tom the only thing I would say is that a lot of those clubs at that time of the year Try and go and pl- go for warm weather training yeah, camps rather yeah. than come to Dublin and and we've seen our we've seen probably. our clubs uh, climate change we've seen our clubs go to Spain and Portugal and they often will play teams mm. from summer leagues there so yeah did, a, they're unlikely to come here but did, it's not a bad idea for to pitch it for a week you know a one off tie but I, I feel not, like it could be a hard sell not
1: to reiterate the the, the Friday night was interesting because like a throwback to the old days like it was absolutely lashing rain in Dublin and Tolka was very very heavy. Um, but just on the climate change front, Dan. So February, I think, was the fourth driest February in on record in Ireland. March was the wettest March on record in Ireland. Like, so you, it's absolutely basket case stuff. Like, it makes no sense anymore. But I, it, it was like the old days of winter football. It was like just gritty match was nearly called off in core, piss and rain affected the crowds actually. And actually, it, it's one of the things we're up in the mailbag. Felt very sorry for the Derry fans. it Was an utterly miserable experience. No cover.
0: Yeah, that that is mentioned there. I don't have the specific. Comment, but yeah, like, but again, I mean, um, like, we're talking about ticket stuff. I mean, the history of Irish football is littered with ticket stories, yeah, not, generally not good ones, yeah. Uh, now you just have these issues of, yeah, Grand's not being fit for purpose, but yeah. again, like, we're just beating the same drum all the time, like, it drives home the argument to fix it. But I mean, honestly, like, we've been sitting on our hands for like 30 something years and, and mm. giving clubs licenses for joke stadiums, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Graham Merrigan was asking a Benson two match, Roberto Lopez three match. See, I, I'm not okay. I don't want to answer this off the top of my head, but the dog did appeal the Benson one. There was some chat that Rovers felt maybe if they'd gone through with the Lopez appeal, might there have been some mitigation as regards the length of punishment? But maybe that's more set in stone. Um, Kotzi Casey again asked me, Have I read Roddy Collins's book? It's sitting at home, Kotzi. I just need to.
1: You're busy, man.
0: Ah, uh, like it's, it's a valid point. I mean, I do want to read it eventually. I saw Roddy was in Talca recently, he seems to be going there quite a bit. James two thousand. Who would win between Shell two thousand and four and Rovers twenty twenty two team?
1: It's a good cool question. Um, we could try it
0: to Colin Hawkins, couldn't we? Yeah, we I mean, uh, save that for him. But don't, see, see, I think Rovers twenty twenty might still have been the best Rovers team. Mm. Um, you know, when you had Jack Byrne and McIniff before they went away. Um, but and that's 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 obviously a, a, a matter of opinion. Um, let me see. Uh, Ross, the record points total after 10 games in top of Irish football and the least amount for said team went on to win the league. That's more like trivia, Jonathan, to be honest. I'm not sure about that. I presume Cork winning 21 out of 22. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, Sorry, yeah. In terms but... of the lease, I don't know. I mean, I know the dog in 94, 95. That was a big massive title race with a load of teams in it I'd imagine the point total was quite low after 10 games but I'm not sure I'm trying I, to give any mad big I, I did comeback actually year.
1: mean to bring this up have you ever seen a goalkeeper score in the League of Ireland because it didn't really happen in the showgrounds oh Luke think should've should've scored. Scored, I think should have scored should have I think
0: I'd say goalkeepers spent their whole lives day, daydreaming about yeah. those opportunities everything happened apart from the finish
1: his uh, connection was kind of like he, he, he conne- it. he cut across he's, he's, like he's guided but
0: it looked like he kind of knew what he was doing anyway
1: yeah he didn't score
0: yeah um, he didn't I'm not sure about your answer about the, the lowest one, but it's it's a it's a good question. Um if anyone else knows, there's a couple of statos out there. Um couple of questions about whole shells, what's the information any more News. I know whole media reported again that was close, but whole media was reporting stuff about Dundalk being further down the line than it actually was. Um so i had add that caveat. But I mean, shells definitely there seems to be no ambiguity about whether the shells want it. Um so it's just about finding the the right way to do it There was a question about What's more boring Watching Shells Or Monopoly in lockdown I think that's a little bit I mean I was the one Who's been saying That the Shells aren't a great watch But I think they've improved The elements of their attack and play In the last couple of weeks um, Like the first half was Presumably was an okay watch Oh no game. it was a very
1: good game Like yeah. I think the context Of Shells as well is um, You know Maybe Damien Duff channels his inner Mourinho a bit. They're very well organized, but I don't find them a bad watch. I think they're quite conservative, and they'll they will improve in that regard as well as players like Malloy get better.
0: Yeah, like Andy made a reference to all the external investment Talking club sharing seems to have gone away. I don't think it really has, to be honest. Um, I mean. With water for things ongoing John Walters Prominently involved On social mm. media Talking about Long and Reynolds um, And yeah A lot of comments About referees I think we've probably Touched on that So we don't want to go Over all ground again What county? Finally Before I go to Colin Hawkins What county Would win a GEA style All Ireland championship With a format akin To the World Cup I
1: think Derry Would be up there anyway
0: Historically too Has there been changes In what areas Are producing the highest Quality and quantity Of player The dubs I mean the dubs Would the dubs win it yeah I, I, I do remember Looking it at it Eventually would they I remember having a pub I I, I I, have a theory That the Dublin GEA team Just stopped winning All-Irelands Just to stop people Talking about Spitting in two or four They're just going to Actually win. maybe They're, they're going to yeah, win Most of I know of them anyway. you followed Very, very deeply I, I followed it very closely yeah. um, just, just before Come we do, bit us with us some more insight On GEA and Coleslaw
1: Before we do go To Colin Hawkins Dan, And I know um, You don't get to that Many first vision games But um, there were Two startling aspects To the result Walford's win Harps got absolutely Hockeyed like Hockey, I mean, so Harps have Harps are eight after seven games with Treaty, who um, admittedly haven't won a game yet, but should be better than that. And Kerry's still waiting for their first win. But Harps are,
0: yeah, Harps Uh, have sixth. Dave Rogers, Dave Rogers, uh, quickly with the apology on social media. Was he?
1: Yeah. What was, what it entail? Like, sorry, we Shouldn't were shit. Have happened. Shouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah
0: so, so words to that effect. Um,
1: I think the RSC is going to be rocking henceforth. Um, and I am concerned, as a Go United fan, yeah. that we're going to be in Last
0: trouble. one, Damien right? do we think Vara should come into the LOI? I mean...
1: I was actually I'm thinking just, this this weekend. It was the only time it's ever come <laughs> into my head. I think... I remember doing a poll on Twitter before. It was the only kind of, you know, arbitration. But it was like 85-15, give or take. I think it'll be closer now because VAR has gotten a lot better
0: in Britain. It would be absolutely slapstick. It would be like uh, the, pri- the, the priest and Father t- trying, to TV, trying to get on the TV, trying to get on the TV to watch them. ah oh, mass. Like you know, it'd be the wrong, it'd be the wrong channel, or like I mean, like it just would not work. It would be an absolute disaster. Like, um, I mean, I like the idea. Of it, I sure. actually don't right. believe. No, okay, bit. I don't have yeah. of var, but I think that FIFA should make it mandatory, right? Yeah, and then just then purely to, because they'd have to do something with the communications channels in the ground <laughs> They'd have to do it, screens, <laughs> everything. It would cause an absolute stir. But I mean, listen, licensing hasn't done it, so mandatory var, I reckon. Cover good. away sections that's first. Cover away sections var. Um, let's go. Uh, let's bring in Colin Hawkins. I oh, know. Sorry, before bringing Colin Hawkins, let's wrap up summer var. Um. Uh, quiz, our or quiz business, quizness, we can call it from now yeah. on. Um, we because last week's question was the top scorer for Stephen Kenny's first title-winning team. That was Bows in o two o three, and that was a teammate of Colin Hawkins, Glenn Crow. Uh, and it was, we had a lot of entries, and the winner was Aaron
1: Byrne is the winner. Aaron um, Byrne, Aaron. I think it was a late entry from Aaron, but um, you know, it's uh, it doesn't matter when you enter, and uh, yeah, a nice uh, trip to Rascals for Aaron.
0: Yeah, so before we bring in Colin Hawkins, we're going to do this week's quiz question as well. But it is related to a Colin Hawkins team, which was a Brian Carr's Malaysian Marvels of 1997. Um, very famous side, like Damien Duff was the star uh, of that team. And you had, um, yeah, like a variety of other players who, who had big careers in the League of Ireland. Uh, in particular, actually, it was more League of Ireland. Glenn Crowe was in it too. The question is, Trevor Malloy was um frequent scorer for Ireland in... In that tournament, what club was he playing for at the time of the under 20 World Cup in Malaysia? So it's the, it's the team that he would have been listed as when he scored in that tournament. And the goal is scored by Trevor Molloy of um, what team was he on the books? Good on question, At man. that stage, uh, let's bring in, and as ever, of course, uh, you can tweet us, LOI Central Pod. Our DMs are open as well, and Instagram as well, LOI Central Pod. For your quiz questions for the Rascals Brewery, let's bring in Colin Hawkins.
2: Welcome to Colin Hawkins. How are you getting on? I'm doing okay. Yeah, good. A uh, few changes in my life since I was in to speak to you before Christmas. So it's been a couple of tough months for me, but doing okay. Yeah. Talk to us.
0: Yeah, like you've you've gone straight into it. So I think people might be broadly aware that um, the I think it's been it's been covered that uh, you had some bad news. I guess I don't know if you can talk us through the process as much as as much as you can.
2: Yeah, so I suppose the the shortened version is I, was, I wasn't I was feeling myself November, December and I'd just been to doctors and um, I had pain in my ribs basically, I thought it was just a, like a broken rib pain that I would have had uh, through football and uh, long story short they thought it was a viral infection and put on steroids etc and then I had a rough Christmas I wasn't feeling good at all and it was pain in my ribs and then they moved to the other side of my ribs and then I got like a sciatica pain all down my left side so there was definitely something more to it and the steroids were doing nothing. So it was a bit of a strange one and I'd be just in regular contact. So I was up in Monon obviously for the Christmas and my wife's uh, f- with the family and just feeling rough and not myself. So it was January the 13th, Friday the 13th, probably a day I won't forget. Um, went down to Galway and kind of insisted on a scan. So they did an MRI scan and then straight away that afternoon, as soon as the results came back, there was uh, they found a lot of cancer all and all over my back really um, and there was some serious issues around my neck and my lower back and so that was obviously a big shock to the system so I've just been dealing with that ever since and got stuck straight into treatment and uh, chemotherapy and all that kind of stuff so I've a couple of tough months ahead but I'm um, just getting on with it.
0: Yeah I mean uh, uh, just some s- tell me about the process of you ended up going to Galway because I think like this all happened very quickly as well
2: yeah, so I suppose a good friend of mine, Noel Howard, he's a doctor in Galway GP. So he helped me kind of get into the system there as quick as quick as possible because he maybe thought there was something more to it, and that would have helped then get the scans. And honestly, from the first day I went into the hospital in Galway, they haven't been—they've just been unbelievable. The consultants and the, the nurses down there have been brilliant. So it was a case of I've kind of continued my treatment down there. I go, I go now every Wednesday. I go down there for the day and get my chemotherapy jabs and injections and bone infusions and stuff like that. And the rest of my treatment i'm able to do from home so i go to galway every wednesday and then i'm scheduled to have a stem cell transplant which is the big one i'm having that at the end of may and june so that's going to be the really tough kind of couple of weeks for me so i'm kind of building up towards that but the reason i started in galway i kind of got into the system and then i decided to stay there i could probably get my treatment in dublin but of all my family and friends and um it just made sense just to keep going to galway because i kind of started there and dr hyatt who would be my consultant would would be one of the top guys so okay more than happy just to to stick with what they're what they're doing down there and and you know i'm on, on a course of therapy and treatment with them so just stick with that
0: yeah because like i think when like you went in on that friday as you mentioned but am i right in saying like you started treatment pretty quickly that they sort of what they saw straight away was concerning it wasn't a case of go away and come yeah. back it was it was Yeah, it was a scary,
2: scary day, to be honest, I went down on the Friday myself, and again, as I said, I was in a lot of pain at the time, so it was kind of great to get something diagnosed in one way, I didn't want to hear that it was cancer, and obviously it was a really scary time, and then it was kind of panic stations, they wanted to get every part of me scanned, and even that evening, by the Friday evening in Galway, I was getting everything scanned, so as you can imagine, my wife and kids were up here, and a couple of my sisters in Galway, they popped in, so it it was, you know, mentally, you're, you're kind of all over the place, but just wanted to figure out what it was and in fairness down there by the tuesday they diagnosed that it was a, a cancer called myeloma which if nobody knows and probably people don't because i had never heard of it um and it's i suppose you know to to give you a bit of a background on the yeah. it's kind of the second uh most common blood cancer out there and it would more generally be for people at age 70 plus so for me to get diagnosed at 45 was you know kind of unusual but you know i have spoke to a lot of young people in the meantime who have had it and have gone through it um, and are doing very well. So hopefully youth is on my side, you know, so that's a positive. But again, getting down to Galway and getting that that diagnosis on the Friday was, you know, it was very, very tough to hear it. But by, by Tuesday, they diagnosed that it was myeloma. And then we were already talking about what, what, how do we, how do we deal with it and what sort of treatments out there and what can we do? Um, I suppose the worrying thing was there was so much going on in my body that I didn't know about. It's obviously a, a cancer of the blood, but it affects your uh, bone marrow. There's plasma, the blood plasma affects the bone marrow. So I already had a, a lot of damage on my neck and my lower back where basically they were about to fracture, even though I didn't know that I hadn't well, had, no. I had, had no pain in my neck. So I had neck surgery pretty much the week after because they couldn't start any uh, chemotherapy or radiotherapy or anything like that until they dealt with the fracture. So that original rib pain I'd felt, which was broken ribs. It was basically the cancer was getting at my bones and it affected my ribs and then my lower back and my my neck. So they haven't done it in my lower back um, as yet. They're hoping that uh, other than I had it, sorry, like a, an epidural, if you like, I had a a nerve block, which was the best thing I ever had. And um, nice. it was like serious. I was in an awful lot of pain and just to get all that pain away was great. So at the moment it's a case of just getting my treatment and I'm not in any pain other than just dealing with it in my head. Um but that's what it is multiple myeloma so it's out there and there's still a lot of you know there's been an awful lot of good work done and, and research there's actually a new trial happening at the moment st James's hospital Um but with my one it's a case of hopefully the stem cell transplant which they've had good success with if that works in um when i have that done in may and june then you're hopeful. you're hoping the cancer will go into remission and then it's a case of just keeping it there for as long as possible that's where it's at really how did you deal with it in your head yeah, I suppose it was tough. You know, I'm so used, so active with uh, my job. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm working with a, as a regional manager with the Agio, with the CPM Ireland, and they've they've been nothing short of they've just been brilliantly so supportive. But you know, I've been so busy with my job and my with football, with say Mactas and everything else that you know it was, it was just a big hit that suddenly I'm not working. I haven't worked since kind of got diagnosed in January, so I haven't haven't worked and been doing a little bit at the club in terms of admin and helping out what I can. But I've. You know, I'd be so busy all the time, that's been the tough part, just sitting at home and just dealing with it in your head. Um, obviously, wife and three kids have kept kept me busy and bringing the kids to school and basically I'm getting out wherever I can, if I feel up to it, I'll go to a match. I went to Crow Park on Sunday, went to whatever games, I didn't get to the Viva, unfortunately the France game, my young lad was the, the mascot uh, and I, I couldn't get to that, I just wasn't feeling well that day. But if I can get out and about, I'm doing stuff, so I'm trying to keep as, as busy as I can, but really missing work and football and all that kind of stuff you know and
1: how does somebody tell you the c word like when he mentioned this and obviously at that stage they didn't know the extent of it either
2: yeah it's definitely scary and she just broke it to me you know the the, the doctor she'd been dealing with me for the last four or five weeks so she was nearly more shocked than anybody really especially, yeah yeah especially that it was this cancer um obviously they're breaking bad news to people every day but i think because of my age and that um it was it was a shock to her as well but you know i was always very focused and listen tell me what it is and let's start working on how do how do we fix it and how do we get it right and then you're only learning well actually there is no there is no cure for this cancer unfortunately hopefully there will be someday and they're working towards that but when you hear that kind of stuff you you know you're thinking all the worst and you're trying to keep people away from especially my, my young kids don't be googling stuff and you know you're always going to read the worst things and all the prognosis and stuff like that if you read it it's not good but then I've kind of surrounded myself around good people and you know I've had so much support through football and and, and work and family and friends it's been unbelievable so that's really helped me but I suppose I've linked in with um, Cancer Care West and Galway have been really good as well so I've gone down there to a support group and I've sat down with people uh, there's a multiple myeloma group and these people have all been through it they've had the same treatment as me they've had the stem cell transplant and they're all doing quite well off it you know so they're the people you talk to and I reached out in a Zoom to a guy in America who would have gone to my uh, secondary school in the Bish that someone put me in touch with, and again, diagnosed the same age as me, forty-five, and six years down the road, he's doing well and running a marathon. So they're the kind of people I want to talk to, stay positive, and uh, you know that's all you can do. I
0: mean, it is like it is sort of something striking when it's someone that's um, that's been an athlete, you know, it's been involved in football. Like, I remember Stephen McGinnis spoke about this like what twelve months ago. Effectively, he had his experience with this as well a different different type but the same sort of same sort of shock i suppose at first and I, and i and i guess if there's any lesson within it for anyone is like you know to get something checked out if you're concerned as well because um, you know as people go around with pain as you know a lot and yeah. there is something there isn't it about sort of just go through what you, what you got to do to yeah 100%
2: I suppose just keep asking questions if you if you think there's something not right I mean I I actually genuinely did think I'd broken ribs and I I was trying to remember what work had I hit myself off a pallet or mm. doing something I was like well, that's fine but then when I started moving around I knew there was more to it but like you said you didn't think it was cancer but fellas like Stephen McGuinness who's been through it and Stephen's a good friend of mine through the years you know he's been a great support and he, he's he's, a, he's had it really tough as well you know so you know i i suppose it brings you back to back to earth every wednesday when i go down there i'm in the the day ward with ca- the cancer ward and there's a lot of people a lot worse off than me and you know you just gotta gotta dig in and there's young kids sick all the time and all that so you're always thinking there's a lot of people worse off and you just gotta knuckle down and get on with your treatment and, and do as well as you can with it. you know what so, age are kids actually as well they're 14 12 and 8 so um yeah they're into everything you know they're into sport every night so they're really busy keeping them busy and keeping them active and uh is trying to work out the summer now so it's going to be a tough few weeks definitely I have to go out to galway and everyone has told me to be ready for the stem cell thing it's kind of they flush your body and they give you really strong chemotherapy it's really interesting you take out your own stem cells they they give you really strong chemotherapy and then your own stem cells are, are transplanted back in and then you're at a really, really low because your body is just, you know, it's, it's got nothing left and you're trying to build yourself back up and then you're prone to a lot of infections. So that's going to be a tough four or five, six weeks. And maybe the month after that is going to be tough. And then you're hoping to get the good news that the stem cell transplant has worked. And then you, you crack on and hopefully you get into remission. And then you're kept on um, just kept on medication to kind of keep it under control. So that's where my head is at. And I wish the stem cell, I wish it was happening tomorrow, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Just want to get it done and kind of building up towards it. But I think the, Tomorrow I start cycle four or five on my chemotherapy, which would be the drugs and injections. And so far, the only downside is I'm just tired all the time, no energy, doing a lot of sleeping, and then probably very grumpy. i probably grumpy anyway, but uh, more so than normal. Mm. And just your head is a little bit foggy, so I can see why I wouldn't be able to be working. To be honest, you're just not yeah. not fully focused on stuff, and so it's just getting the stem cell done, and, and hopefully it goes well for me.
0: Um, like I think people talk sometimes about Harwich football can be like a community. Like have you experienced that in the sense of, you know, word gets around quickly, but I, I'm guessing you've had a lot of contact from from people, yeah, ex-managers, players.
2: It's been amazing, and I suppose that's probably been the the only plus side of it. The biggest positive is like all these guys you lose touch with, and and you're really tight with guys for a year, maybe two years. You're in a dressing room with them, and socially you're out together, and you get on brilliant. You're training together every day, and your best buddies. And then you do just lose lose contact with everyone. But the amount of lads that have reached out to me and. Probably have a waiting list of lads who offer to bring me to Galway every Wednesday, which is brilliant. Now, Matt Gregg, goalkeeper, (laughs) he he tends to be the one that brings me every Wednesday, whether he's the one that's not working (laughs) much or what, I don't know. (laughs) uh, Maybe he wants a company. (laughs) Yeah, maybe he needs a friend, I don't know. But uh, Greggie, who's running just for keepers, he has that bit of time on his hands, so he has been superb. He brings me down most Wednesdays and we go out for lunch after and catch up. But the amount of people, managers, coaches, fellas in the UK that haven't spoken in ages and... you know, it's been really good just to reconnect with them every uh, again after so long. you know.
0: And you, you mentioned your young lad was a mascot for the France game.
2: Yeah, so luckily uh, someone helped me out with that and we got a phone call from the FEI. so he was just buzzing last Friday, or, or was it last Monday. Uh, didn't get to the game myself, but Elaine, my wife, brought him in and he just had the best nights. He's mad into his soccer. He plays with St Moctis under nines and loves his football. So it wasn't lost on him and he, he really appreciated it. So it was a lovely gesture and it was great to get it done. And... He got his high five off Mbappe, and he was. I was just, going to ask you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he brought went out with Open McCann, Is it from Bayern Munich? So he oh, knows yeah. the, he knows the players <laughs> nearly better than me. So it was a real real treat for him, and uh, really appreciate that getting done for me. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. like it's it's I don't know it's it's um, it is one of those things that like I don't know the do, do you find when your 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 mates are getting in touch with your ex teammates are they trying to talk to you about it or is it more? you're actually happy to talk about anything else. Cause I know it's, yeah. it's obviously such a difficult thing to process. And sometimes the joy of life is just talking about something completely different. If you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, it's good. It's good just to talk about the old times and, and reminisce on different things that you haven't talked about in ages, but it's probably good for me to come in here today. It's probably the first time. Well, it is the first time I've spoken about it, to be honest. Um, other than the friends and family. Probably people know I haven't been well and been sick and whatever, but it's probably good, you know, multiple myeloma is probably good for people to hear about it. And if you get a pain in your ribs, it could be more than a pain in the ribs, you know, get it checked out. But, you know, anything I can do, I know at the club this uh, Saturday, there's a great lad there, Killian, who's a great help to me at the club. He's going to run a little blitz. His team's come from Salt Hill and Galway. And a couple of teams coming from Kilkenny and Shelburne, just to raise a few bob, and I'd love to do for Cancer Care West. So anything like that is a is a big help. So where is that? I where is Moctis, that? Yeah. It? Just yeah. so we're having that same octas on Saturday morning. Yeah. So I'll have to. I'll put, get up a link. You know, Dan just,
1: is already in his head thinking, "Am I free Saturday morning? Don't get to play much Astro <laughs> anymore." <laughs> we, need,
2: we need a few yeah. referees. We shouldn't need restaurants. We need in referees hours, in general. Hour, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <the hour time. laughs> Saturday morning.
0: But well, the, there's a couple that are yeah. Yeah, in the news <laughs> they the actually moment, might be there reasons. Saturday yeah. so it's
2: this Saturday coming this Saturday coming yeah just on uh, again Everything. there's no DDSL fixtures this weekend so it was a perfect time just to listen it's not a huge one and I told Cancer Care West of a ways to raise a grand or two for them happy days because they've been brilliant it's a pure charity organisation and they do unbelievable stuff down there in Galway and uh that support group I didn't really want to go to it I I didn't know how we'd handle it and Mm. I went in there and I was by far the youngest probably half the age of everyone else but it was great they all kind of rallied around me because I was a young lad and they'd all been through it so stuff like that you know it does help did they
1: recognise you from the Malaysia Marvels
2: do you know what nobody knew anything about the football so there was no talk about that it was Mm. just purely about getting better and that was actually it was actually not a bad thing so they're yeah. sitting there talking about Malaysian ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned you've got people in England on to you as well. Ex
0: ex teammates in England even, you're you're saying.
2: Yeah, I just listened to some good lads there. I would have played with the Brighton and Coventry. There's quite a good uh, contingent of Irish lads that would have been at Coventry. And you do lose lose uh, lose lose contact with these guys. So it's great to hear from them and that they're thinking of me. So that's, that was always nice.
0: So you you do mention like day to day, as you said, it's just uh, is it every morning you don't know how tired you're gonna be. Is that sort of the yeah, it's, my life is
2: sad at the moment, it's just living for every Wednesday, going to Galway for my treatment, that's this kind of, uh, go to Galway and then if there's any little games I can go to the weekend I'll go and watch a match or as I said I went to Croke Park on Sunday, watched Galway and watched the dubs before it so good to get out and about and um, show people, I think some people are afraid to ring me or talk to me, they think I'm dying in my bed but thank God I'm not at that stage and I'm doing okay so if I can get out and about and I have the energy, I'll do it. But um it's just that the treatment, the, the medicine does knock you, it takes takes all your energy and you have a lot of fatigue going on. So and as they keep saying, that the couple of weeks and months in May and June are gonna be tough. Try and get through that and then hopefully you start bouncing back very quickly. Um and hopefully in the years time I'm in here and you're you're talking to me and everything's brilliant and, and going well and, and in remission and back at work and back on my football. That's that's the dream and that's what I'm hoping. Toast and have having won the league in
1: 2023 at that stage or something, yeah, who knows.
2: Yeah, they have a big one this this Friday, uh, yeah. I thought, if they, if they win, is it 13 points? 13 points it? that are over, yeah. I don't know how
0: you, have, like, uh, this number,
1: actually, I did mean to ask you, just yeah. on the diagnosis, like, it is kind of, I, I'm always startled by these things, like, if you do feel that there's something wrong in your body, it's like, you should really just get this checked out, because it's like, the lo- the longer you leave, it, and a lot of men just, they don't, like, they just say, that's ah, it's grand, like, you know, I'll, I'm a bit sore, I'll be grand, I'm a bit better today, like.
2: Yeah, I think one of my biggest problems, I'm being honest, I, I didn't have a GP because through my mm. football, I always had a club doctor, whether it was Alan Byrne or whoever, I always had a club doctor and I haven't had a GP since I was in Galway 25 years ago. So getting a GP in Dublin was a joke. I couldn't get one in Dunboyne. Anyway, I won't is <laughs> There's about four or five that's,
0: that's why I was sort of asking earlier. I, I did hear something like that. You ended yeah. up in Galway because you didn't have anywhere...
2: I was finding it difficult, I couldn't get a GP and that's being honest, I couldn't get one and I had tried three or four places and then I was down in Galway on a works uh, works event and I actually left the meeting and I said lads I'm not feeling well I'm just going to ring my friend who's uh, a GP in Galway and that kind of started the ball rolling, he'd done his, done his bloods and all that and it was pointing towards the viral infection and then when when things didn't get better there it, it was definitely something more but again until you go in and have an MRI scan you can see your body properly. It didn't show up anything. So, and again, that's why it's mad. I I keep thinking back the damage that was being done on my neck, and the surgeons have told me since that it was a really dodgy one that you can easily fracture your neck or fracture your back from the the cancer that I have. So, uh, thankfully, that's all under control, and I'm not in any pain because it was uh, it wasn't good there for a month or two. You got
1: to look at the upsides as well of that. Like it's this is bad, but like if I'd been waiting longer here,
2: yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. you don't know, and they have given me examples that the the consultant was telling me of fellas who've. uh, you know, they've uh, had a broken neck or a broken hip or whatever, they didn't know they had uh, what was going on, myeloma. So it's, a, it's not a nice cancer uh, to pick up. Um, But again, the, the youth on my side and all that kind of stuff and uh, being strong and all that. So I just got to just gotta stay positive. 45, yeah. I was trying to guess before you came in, yeah. 45 years young, yeah. So loads, loads of years left, hopefully.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I mean, like Stephen, I mean, I remember speaking to Stephen McGuinness about this and his own issues. And like, I think, he was sort of saying, like, it is actually a real reminder to everyone like even just getting your bloods done mm. once a year yeah. even if you're mm. even if you you, you feel, feel healthy um yeah. and like it's just not something you would think of doing like i know i've done it in the last couple of years mm. um sort of feeling well at one point and like it is madly beneficial mm. like um, and it's just a classic like and we all do it right we all put off things in life like we all are busy as hell as you do and it's just like you know, it's, it's a very simple piece of advice. I know, I mean, the whole point about not being able to get a GP is sort of crazy and there's, there's obviously issues with this country and a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of areas when it comes to that. But I mean, if it's one piece of advice you can give to anyone. I'm I mean, a wimp, Dan. No if I, how I, you feel if, like, you
1: if I feel anything wrong, I just go to the doctor. I'm just like, yeah, I'm any worries at all. I just want peace of mind. So yeah, I'm actually the outlier. Probably sick of you at this stage. <laughs> yeah. I do have a GP, which I didn't realize like how fortunate you can be. And I, I've heard that anecdotally. But uh, I suppose just the other thing, how do you discuss that as a family then? Because it's not like the kids are in nappies. Like they, they're, you know, essentially old enough to have some understanding of yeah, they,
2: they do understand it. But then, again, you're trying to keep them away from mm. Googling. It is dangerous. Mm. If you go on and you can see, read all the worst things. So you're kind of, listen, if you have any questions or ask me, I'm trying to bring them on the journey. And tomorrow, because they're off school, they're all going to come to Galway with me for the day. And it's probably not a bad thing if they see what I'm doing down there for the day. I go every Wednesday. They don't know what I'm doing. But uh, it was tricky there for the few weeks that I was in Galway. And I was in, you know, I was in hospital for a number of weeks over, over January and February. That was tough because they were coming down for a day or two, and then there was tears when they were leaving me, so at least now I'm in Dublin all the time they're seeing me, but you know that they, they I'm telling them about the stem cell and telling them exactly what it is, not hiding anything from them, you know, as you said, they are old enough to understand, and if they want mm. to ask questions, ask questions, but you know it's not easy, but you come back to Danny he, he's dead right about just get, make sure you get checked out I know i'm I'm a lar- massive family, I'm one of ten. We actually got together last weekend it was brilliant in Westport, um I have six brothers. So all seven of us headed to Westport. We just picked some random, and my brother flew in from Boston. Matt Malloy's. Uh, I think we, the lads went to the Malloy's. I was minding them. I normally would have been the messier one, but I was taking care of the lads this weekend. But you know, just on that, we were we talked about make sure just have your every year, get your MOT or whatever it is, get yourself checked out. You know, whether it's your heart or whatever, just make sure you're on top of things. It might cost you a few bob, but go and get it done because you just don't know what's 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 lingering there. Like you know, it's definitely a. I'd been healthy all my life. That's why I didn't, hadn't needed a GP in 20, 25 years. I had my football injuries with a couple of Achilles ruptures and a few other bits of bobs in football, but never a day sick like where I was in hospital, you know? So you just never know what's around the corner and you just got to take care of yourself and yeah. get it checked.
0: I suppose even, like, that's the thing, like, neck pain or even ex-players might even think it's some kind of wear and tear from over the back. But, know, like look, it, it is true. Like, you sort of assume, oh, maybe that's just that's just what it is. Yeah, it's
2: it's weird. Uh, you mentioned that Johnny. I'm I'm paranoid that the the areas that have attacked the cancer have attacked straight away. Are going back to my football injuries, and it could be that because I think I, I talked to the consultant about. It. So I had broken ribs a number of occasions. Brendan Clark broke four <laughs> ribs. We were playing together in Sporting Fingal. Over already uh, referenced Fingal. him on the show today. Yeah. There you go. So we we cla- we were, we were doing really well over there. I think it was a draw at the time. it Was in Cristiano Ronaldo Stadium with Fingal in the in the Europa. And uh, we clashed and I ended up staying on the island for a few days. I broke four ribs. So that was the first area that went. And then my neck, I'm always thinking, well, I spent 20 years heading balls. I was always worried about my neck. And then the leg pain, I always had a problem down there. So I'm paranoid that that's the first areas that went to, my old football injuries. Not that it means anything, but, um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's funny. It's nothing nothing's related back to my football or career. It was just one of them freak things you pick up. And I've just been unlucky to get this one. And. It's a case now how you beat it and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been yeah. Like I, we've, I think I've had tried to get on over the last month,
1: and we've had issues with the studio on that. So the timing is actually good now with the little fundraiser Saturday as well.
2: Yeah, listen, I, I must set up we a we're just revolve if we can do something there. As I said, if I can raise some money for Cancer Care West or for multiple myeloma, it'd be great. Uh, with a few clubs coming on Saturday morning so every, anyone's around they want to see some good under nines play football could be like a pre yeah,
0: I, I, you were suggesting that I was <laughs> going to play against these under nines on Saturday <laughs> I didn't remember pulling you up on this Shani but I was like really insinuating here Um,
1: yeah, yeah I, I, the Salt Hill Fives of course is coming
2: up as well so yeah it's uh, brilliant to see yeah. that back I was,
1: yeah like I, I as a, yeah. a Galway person like just to explain that, the, the how much a part of the whole calendar that was like
2: yeah I actually sent it on to the St Moctis the two senior teams there I, I was saying their lads would love it I have. He played in the younger one of it, the under 13s. We won the under 13 one and played in the senior one once. And I was lucky enough they asked me once to come back and be the guest of honour. And i never forget that weekend in Galway. It was the sun was shining. They had the, um, I think the yacht races in Galway that weekend. It's the
1: coolest city in the world. Like, yeah. let's, let's just get on with it here. Well, like, I mean, that's, that's that's a given. But yeah. no, it's,
2: a, it's brilliant they resurrected it. it. Like, you get thousands of people and it's a great income for riding around Salt Hill as well. Mm. So, Great people at Salt Hill Devon so it's great they've resurrected that so I'll definitely try and get down there if I can. Probably be down there actually that, that time for treatment whether I get out of hospital or whatever but really good so some good people in Salt Hill so we delighted one of their teams the under nines are coming up this weekend. Lovely. And, yeah it be good to see them guys. What about goal United? It's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah I went to see them actually I was down there on the Friday I was down for it was actually the day I went to the Cancer Care West so I said I'd stay down and went to Terryland that night and I think I felt sorry for my old buddy Billy Denny. We would have played oh together. Oh Yeah, nine it was a nine-one. It was, uh, and that was uh, that didn't flatter anybody. It was, you know, it's, it's, Do you know what? It's great to see Kerry. They've bounced back since then, and okay, they haven't won games, but they, you know, they've they've tightened it up a little bit because that night it just looked like it was a little bit naive. It was like five, and then there was a young sixteen-year-old coming on midfield, and you're thinking, I right, just shut up shop and take your medicine, mm. but. You didn't. I didn't know where I was going to end, to be honest. And I came away thinking, Are like, goal that good or was it just a really bad night for for Curry?" You know. But Brendan Clark,
1: your old teammate, like he was kind of that signing that really gave us that solidity. I think as well.
2: Yeah, well, he's done really well. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was a really good signing, and fellas like Conor McCormack, there, um, Stephen Walsh, they've a really good spine in the team. And I suppose what I was impressed with the subs that come off the bench, they look like they've really strong squads. So. They do. Uh,
1: do you know just to mention Conor McCormack, and this is a this is a kind of a bit of a tangent, but I asked him how how are you getting on, and he goes. Ram yoga, I'm telling you, it has changed my life, right? <laughs> and I was doing an interview with this ex-rugby player last weekend, and he said, oh, I live in Terran Yor. And I said, oh, I'm living in hardest Cross. And he goes, oh, I used to go to the Bikram yoga and Hardest Cross. And he said, This is like a therapy session. You come out of it. And, like, I'm telling you. So it's been on my mind ever since. Like, first of all, Conor McCormick, this lad, big Ram Yoga is the way to go. Apparently, Conor McCormick says it's uh, extending his career. I've heard a few astro players praise it as well, like playing well into their mid 40s. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You you do know you know what I mean? uh, You go down the stairs now, and I'm like, I actually can't move properly anymore. I'm 40.
0: I'm just happy that you've reached that uh, point of like Southside comfort where you're just casually chatting Dick to your neighbours about Bikram yeah. yoga. He's,
1: first of all, he's not a neighbour. And Harris right, Cross there's is there's more a, there's like There's a lot of like issues in this class. country at
0: the moment, but Big it's good yoga. Good having a chat about <laughs> Bikram yoga. Hashtag first world
1: problems. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if, you, if you've experienced Bikram yoga, do let us know. Conor McCormick words by it.
0: Yeah, do you want to go with this weekend's fixtures, Johnny? Are we there already already. then? Ah, I think we are, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Have you seen much of the league this year, Colin? Like, I know you've, as I said, I'm conscious you've been laid up, so I don't know. You're seeing much, but you're in.
2: No, I've got into it. I've been able to see a lot more than last year, to be honest. Because I'd normally be doing sessions or whatever on Friday nights, I was struggling to get the game. So I went to Pats. It was the early one. Uh, Brian Kerr looked after me that night. He brought me in, and we went to the the Derry game, finishing a draw. Oh, yeah. Uh, That seems like a while ago now, yeah. Yeah, and I've been keeping LOITV. To be fair, it's been brilliant. I didn't have it last year but I've been watching that flicking through so you can have the 6 or 7, 8 games and you're watching Galway down in Cove and then you're flicking to, to um, Daily Mount it was really good so right. Actually, we'll, really we'll
0: good. put them on the spot so then we'll get your views on these, what you've seen of, or in terms of this weekend's games I mean like Bose Bows and Rovers on Friday is the game I don't know what's your sense of what to expect from that from, from what you've seen so far
2: First of all, Bowes, fair play, Declan Devine. They've done, they've done absolutely brilliant. You know, it's a really good start, and I don't think they would have expected to be, to be, to be that strong. Um, Rovers, it was only a matter of time. Um, obviously, they had the, you know, the bit of luck with the with the red card in, in Dundalk, which probably turned the game on Stevie O'Donnell's team. But, you know, I, I suppose if you're Bowes, you're you'd be buzzing if you took a draw right now, whereas Rovers, not going to say they have to win the game, but like a thirteen point gap between Bowes and Rovers would be massive. You know, considering you've got the European games and, and Rovers will have a lot bigger matches to play down the line Um, it's a huge game already this early in the season you know so it's probably one that uh, Rovers can't afford to lose definitely some mm.
1: chat about the the standard of the Rovers team of we'll say last year or give or take recent years versus Shells of 2004 now it's not a it's not possible to really answer that definitively but um, yeah answer it anyway <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I always find it impossible how you compare one team to another. I really I really can't. Like I always look at that the Shells team and Joseph Doe and Alan Moore and Wes Hoolin. Like it was just a ridiculously good team, full of really strong characters. And then I look at the Pats team back in what was it, nineteen ninety-six or ninety eight, sorry. Yeah. And you've all the guys that went on to manage Keith Long, Trevor Crowley, Paul Azam, Packy Lynch, Stephen McGuinness, Trevor Malloy, Thomas Morgan, what a squad of players. But how you can compare that to the Shells team to the current rover team I, I can't do it and I don't, I don't think it's fair to do it either I think they're all playing at a different time a different type of football um, Pat Fennin then actually just from your perspective what was he going to bring to Bowles because they just seem like they've kind
1: of um, Decade of is was definitely an unusual appointment for In the I wouldn't have seen it anyway but they brought in Gary and obviously Dexter there and then Pat Fennin as well a lot of people think they've actually nailed this albeit early days
2: yeah, I, I still think it's very early days. I don't think they have any expectation of winning mm. the winning the league this year. To be honest, mm. if they're honest, um, obviously they're, they're they're buzzing where they are at the moment, and they'll keep that going. But you know, th- there was a lot of changes. Some some good lads like Gary coming in, uh, Pat cra- back in the league as well. Like, yeah, I actually met him last week. I went to watch uh, Bobby Ryan's young lad was playing. Oh, lovely uh, at the Irish Fifteens. Uh, what was, a player he was. Yeah, Bobby, great player. Played with him at the. Uh, with it At Shell, so his young lad Killian was uh, making his debut and scored for Ireland under 15. So, meta. Oh, oh, that's fantastic, yeah. yeah. But really exciting group at the under 15s, actually. It's, it's really good to see the, the 15s, 17s, 19s, 21s, some really good players coming through. Like, you know, it's a lot of good stuff going on there as well, but um this is the thing about parenting though
1: and we've brought up like enoch burke on the show bobby ryan obviously being the player he was
0: from bobby
1: ryan is like you're going to be a, i'm going to make you into the best footballer i can be now bobby was some baller like he and these are the days when it was winter football crappy pitches and he was still like outrageously talented this is parenting though it's like you are what your father might want you to be if you go down that route now he's playing for the iron under 15s so like
2: yeah, and I met, um, I was at a workshop last night, I met Barry Ferguson, and again... Who's he? Like, I mean, he doesn't have a son, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're dead right, it's it's the way these guys are brought up, and I know the work that the likes of Evan Ferguson and young Killian Ryan, okay, he's only 15 starting off, but the work that these guys have put in, apart from their schoolboy clubs, whether it was Kevin's mm-hmm. or Belvo or Saltill Devon or St. Moctis, it doesn't matter, the work that's done with them, but then... The parenting, and the it's all about the attitude. Like, the guys who are doing going to do well, and that's why Evan Ferguson is going to be a superstar, because of his attitude, and I know the work that he's done one-to-one with, 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 with people like Collie Baron and great coaches like that, and that is paying off, you know, not only if the clubs don't work with him, but the parents have put them into an environment where they're getting that extra extra tuition, and, you know, it's, it's, it'll pay off.
1: Very briefly now, you're a Galway man, so the Joe Canning, Lear Gale, was on lately, and... Um we brought this up. I think, and off the ball—is it natural ability, or is the fact that Joe was hurling with Ollie Canning when he was three years of age at home, and it was like he was three years, four years, five years hurling, 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 or was it natural ability? Maybe it's just that actually he put the hours in, and he was doing it very early.
2: I suppose the easy answer is both. It's definitely mm. natural ability. It's definitely in your genes. Like you if you reckon, yeah, it's there. Mm. But the, all them hours, them extra extra sessions that other lads weren't doing, he was out him and Ollie, obviously playing hurling non-stop I'm sure um, all that has got to help all them extra hours but definitely this, it's a natural thing
0: I'm looking at the other games like Pats and Cork on Friday UCD, Shelburne, Damien Duff I mean like we were talking about Malaysia earlier on Damien Duff the manager was that were you one of those people who could have seen that happen?
2: No I was surprised no I did hear when he went into the likes of Rovers and he was getting them training 6-7 in the morning and it was brilliant to hear it like you know and his passion I just love I think I said on here before I just love hearing his interviews and and maybe the referee's <laughs> are too happy after his interview last week, but he he speaks his mind and his passion for Shelburne and his team and the group he has. I just love to see it, and that's why I really want them to do well. I know they've obviously every game is difficult. It doesn't matter if you're playing UCD or Derry last week. And um, they were unlucky against Derry. I thought they were going to nick it at the end. I watched mm-hmm. the last the last twenty minutes. It is kind of mad when game. you hear Damien Duff on talking with League of Ireland saying the standard of playing is going through the roof. Damien Duff is saying that, and you're like, Jesus, that's that's yeah. quite uh, flattering. But seriously, it is like I just, I just, it's on such a good play in such a good place at the moment in terms of everyone has talked about it, obviously the crowds and all that. But the clubs need to latch on to it now and kick on again. They can't be happy with yeah, we've had good crowds for the first couple of games. You want to keep that going and you want to push on and push on because you know I've never seen the exposure that it's getting at the moment. Like it's getting at the moment, there's more and more games televised. You obviously got the Loi TV, which is brilliant. But um, I,
1: I, I find it hard to get my head around. I really do. Like from it, just seems to have happened. Slowly and then very quickly, kind of. It's like this year is just the crowds over the last twelve months and the standard, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's post. It's not there, it's, but it's, it's, it's in a good place. It's
0: post COVID, but I don't yeah, think you can't get complacent with it either. As well, I think there's a danger, and you know that's that's the thing. Like it, it the, the the tone from the top, um, it, it, it can get dangerous when they get sort of into the tone of self congratulation. Yeah, which I, don't yeah. Th- which I don't think they are. Yeah. to be fair. But you just have to be. Careful of that. It's like uh, so. There was a great buzz in twenty sixteen, and it was like Fran Gavin on about creating the atmosphere mm. and all this stuff. I was like, well, I mean, you haven't. Um, Actually, and that, Dan,
1: uh, and that, this year the, the league of our performance in Europe will be really, really well, interesting. Well,
0: that's the thing. But the league of our performance in Europe last year, were good, mm. um, and there is maybe a view that the style of play some teams favour now is it's easier to transfer to Europe. You can you can debate that point, but um, yeah, I mean, well, we've got the dark, we've got. Pats who've got Derry with Derry last year. I and mean, you can counterpoint it and say Derry last year. I know they felt, Probably they early they in their felt development. things went against yeah. them, but they still got knocked yeah. out by Regan. 4-0. Strong team or whatever, but um the other teams did very well. But we'll see. The other games on Friday, we should mention Derry City against Drada um in the Brandywell, see if they can get a bit of home run going. I think I mentioned the Docks Liger Rovers. in the second part of the premier double header, got games on Eastern Monday. to um, we'll go to Cork on Monday Cork City on Dock. Um I think I said that to you, uh, but it's at five o'clock, are you gonna be struggling? With the well, it's five o'clock? You're screwed, are you? Screwed, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, so you're not going to Cork on Monday. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a late kickoff. Derry City bows seven o'clock.
1: You rock and up at the game and it's like <laughs> half eight. <laughs> it's, it's at least at the corner flag bar might still be open yeah. at the, which might is one few, of the greatest be additions be ever to few the Few lads burn. in the
0: shed with <laughs> wristbands on. It's <or laughs> um yeah. something on there. Um, <laughs> draw the, draw the against St. Pats seven forty five. Charver and Sligo Rovers seven forty five, and Shamrock Rovers UCD. 8 o'clock. First, First division.
1: division uh, Treaty versus Longford. All these games, Friday, 7.45. Kerry v. Finn Harps. Um, <laughs> I heard the Walford commentator saying, we checked this and it actually, it is the biggest uh, distance anyone has to travel. It's five kilometres more than they'd have to travel to Tralee. I was like, to Kerry, that it, or Finn Harps today. this. So I was like, Finn Harps to, surely Finn Harps to. So what's the longest trip? So apparently Finn Harps and Walford, has, I think it's five kilometres longer than Finn Harps to uh, truly according to the Waterford commentators and they didn't have much time to talk because there were seven home goals in the game on, on, on uh, Friday but uh, that was one thing I did pick up Covey Waterford, a bit of a local diary I said it will be a massive uh, Waterford crowd at that actually big buzz now hopefully
0: a big Cove crowd as well their, yeah. their tennis has been okay they
1: have um, speaking of okay tennis at loan over a thousand at the game against Galway the other day which must be uh spoke to Colin Fortune, who was actually beside me at the game in Tolkien. He was talking about you know the developments in Athlone and so on. Um Bravey Atlone and Wexford v Galway. Um that'll be a tricky one for Galway.
0: There we go. There we
1: go, Dan. Um did you ever did you ever score in a goal in Europe actually in your European
2: travails? Geez, good question.
1: Probably not then. I
2: don't think so. No, no, nothing stands out, no.
1: Um there we what was your your highlights, your absolute standout moment of your European performances then?
2: Everyone talks about the Pats one with um, Celtic. Celtic, the nil All. Oh, All, yeah. And then we, two, Watched that two in a bar all. in New York. Yeah. That was a special night, to be fair. They just reopened Celtic Park, and it was a m- massive crowd and huge. I think there was about 5,000 Pats fans. They ended mm. up staying in the corner singing, and it was just... Great performance. We did. Martin Riley great chance to go. One he did. The end, yeah, he did. And then the disappointing thing we couldn't play it in Richmond. We had to play in Tolkien He came out. It was ten thousand Celtic fans oh, I hate up. it. And I, I trained, the frat.
0: I hated every minute. Of Shell's
2: playing Rangers in Tranmere. That was um, guess. in the home game
1: and gone three 0 up. And I do remember. And I, I, I was like, I was. I kind of loved Dermot Keeley but I do remember him saying afterwards, "It was worth it to see Dick Advocate have his head in his hands." And I was like. You were 3-0 up in the game, and you lost 5-3, and you're kind of make I was like, we need to be a lot more professional than this. And I think Pat Tolan was sort of... Had that
2: mindset at the time, but we're nearly there, Dan, Did I you think.
0: end up on the same flight as Dan? Yeah,
2: we flew back with them whatever way they were playing. Them. The tra- <laughs> were they playing Pre- Pre- yeah. Pre- Pre- Pre-
0: Pre- Pre- in Trenton Parks? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So we shared a flight back, yeah, and obviously we were absolutely buzzing after our nil nil and whatever, we'd been in the players bar afterwards, and... The, they were sick. I remember, was it Tony mm. Tony McCarthy. They were 3-0 up Tony, mm. giving away two yeah. penalties or something. Mm. And 5-3. So, yeah, crazy result. But, yeah, we shared the flight back with him. So, crazy memory. Yeah, hopefully,
0: I mean, I must say, the, the, just finally, the, the Pats. Because Pats in the late 90s, like the crowds were incredible. And that, people would say that was a great time. I mean, I actually just saw Pats Cork on the fixtures there. I was like, God. yeah. You know, even Pats Cork probably might bring you back to a memory of, of certain huge games with huge crowds. But, like, Pats now is phenomenal. Yeah, like it, even, it, even it grows, game
2: last week, you know, it probably grows legs. We talked about them Friday nights; they were the best ever, and the, it was a full house. But if you, I'm sure, if you look at the attendance now, they're they're bigger because they have extended the the stadiums. I just think the crowds are getting at the moment is is phenomenal. They just need to keep it going, and I think it's really good that the league. I don't think there's anyone going to run away. They really don't. I think all them fixtures you call out there in the first division as well. Very hard to call any of them scores. Like if you're if you're a punter, there you're struggling to pick them. So I think it's going to be a really tight league, which is good. Who'll cool win the league? Inter- oh. I think Alan Reynolds is going to be a massive loss for Derry. Really? Gray himself and Keith going down to um, Waterford together is huge for them, and that's bad news for Galway. They need to keep pushing on. Yeah, I know they've started. But they're saying, yeah. They just need to keep going. But um, who's going to win it? I suppose you have to... You look at Rover squad, you have to fancy Rovers again. I know there are they're a nice few points, but this weekend it's a really big game against both. They need to get something out of it. You, yeah. lose, you lose that one... You know, a bit of doubt creeps in then as well.
0: It feels like a big game for him because you'd imagine there'll be UCD on Monday. Mm. Um, so you can turn it into, it can become nine points in three games and all of a sudden you're on the road. Or, you know, like you'd imagine Derry would be drawed at home as well. I know we're talking about bows, but I think... I think Rovers as well. They'd be looking at Derry as well, and the difference. Yeah, I, I, really, I really like Derry. The yeah. f- from
2: the cup final and the first game. It's the the players
0: have
1: out as well, Colin. Like yeah. if you look at that, they're missing an entire an entire top class midfield at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and, and, is and Mark, they've seen Mark Conley. Mark Conley. and Mark Conley, a Yeah, super player. who um yeah maybe I preempted his return there, but yeah he did seem to hop over one of the seats quite in an agile manner. Yeah. Um. Shout yeah, out yeah. as well. Uh, just mentioned in Pats. I know a fellow who was uh, at that game in Celtic Park, WWS. Always in our thoughts on, for your anniversary yesterday. I think that's us, Dan.
0: Peter Ryan, yeah.
1: Peter um, Ryan, um, never to be forgotten. Um, great character. Peter, Peter would have great crack at the yeah the social media um, explosion in the League of Ireland I think you'd be at the, the forefront of it now um, but anyway Um, yeah
0: Colin listen we really appreciate you coming in and talking yeah. to us I know it's not like the easiest thing maybe to, to talk w- would about would you
1: recommend people to come on like if they want to get stuff off their chest in general like you know <laughs> let's talk to the lads Dan and Johnny maybe we could change into like a you know a kind of a therapy session I don't know. A well, I hope, therapy for
2: LOI <laughs> hopefully not coming in for my reason but yeah it, it's, yeah. it, was, it definitely helped me and it was great God, we it's still have the referee crazy. show to come I mean <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be like bare all
0: yeah no, but Colin, it goes without saying. Like you have everyone's support, and the whole Irish football community is behind you. And what we will do as well, um, we'll get the details of that uh, event on Saturday, and we'll tweet that out, and we'll post on Instagram, and give it a little bit of a push. Because I know the details on it aren't one hundred percent clear. We will get your times and information, and, and Thank you. Appreciate and all, that. all that information. Um, we'll put out there on social. Look out for it. So yeah, it's been great to have you in, and to everyone. We're getting to a game over the weekend. Enjoy it. We'll be back next week.
1: We were in association with Future Ticketing, Collar and Cuff, and Rascals uh, Brewing, uh, Inchcore. And today we were back in Oliver Marketing, last Nevin. <laughs>